Water is connected to the bigger story that God is telling in the world. And I think that's one of the reasons why we see all of those different places in the Bible where the illustration is about water. Water as a, as a cleanser. Water as something that sweeps over us. Water as something that represents redemption. You know, Jesus one time was interacting with a woman at a well. And in that time and in that climate, to have a well was to understand very clearly that there is a source of life without which we could not survive. And it's at this well that Jesus ties the water that this woman is drawing to the bigger story that God is telling in the world, to the bigger story that Jesus came to fulfill. In John 4.13, Jesus says to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I will give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. See, what Jesus was describing here is the story that we all find ourselves in. The story that the Bible tells is this, that God is the author of life. God is the creator of water. God is the creator of air. He's the creator of everything that supports and sustains and, and flows from life. God is the author of life, and he's also, also the creator of us. And he didn't create us to simply exist, but he created us to enjoy. To enjoy this unfettered relationship with him, to enjoy an unfettered, unified relationship with other people, and to enjoy the creation that he made. But at some point, the story takes a tragic turn because as men, we decided to walk away from the source. We broke from the source of life. The Bible records Adam and Eve choosing against God, and it's not about the fruit that they ate. It's about the choice that they made to try to find life apart from the source of life, to make this assumption that God was holding out on them, that somehow there was a part of life they would only experience if they took control, they took authority, rebelled away from God, and moved in their direction away from the source of life. And we can judge them. We can sit and whether some of us believe that to be fiction or if we believe that to be fact, we can look at that and say, maybe I would have made a different choice. But the fact of the matter is, Look around the world. We all make that choice to go against the source of life. It's the source of every sense of brokenness in this world. Think about injustice. Every injustice that we see in our world, whether it's a personal injustice or an injustice on a social scale, is someone or some group of people trying to get life at the expense of another group of people. Trying to draw life at the expense of another group of people. It's behind every sense of brokenness we experience in this world. And personally... Personally, we experience the pain of that choice all the time. You know, if I could sit down and spend time with you, hang out with you, I'm sure that as we got to know each other, we would talk about times in our life where we went to something that we thought was a well that would quench our thirst. We went to the well of power. We went to the well of sex. We went to the well of, of controlling things only to find that well left us thirsty. See, we all feel this pain, this pain of being broken from the source of life. And the story that Jesus was telling this woman at the well is that the challenge for us is that we cannot get back to life, to the source on our own. We need help. We are so far gone. We are so far gone. The Bible describes the choices we make against God, every choice against life, against the source of life, as sin. And those sins accumulate a debt. And we have a debt that we cannot repay God. We can't work it off. We can't do anything to earn our way back into his good graces. And so we're left in this place where we are absolutely separated from the source and we need to be rescued. And that's where the story takes an amazing turn. That's why Jesus came. That's what he was telling that woman. Ephesians 2 puts it this way. As, you, as for you, and this is for all of us, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, 
made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. See, we've been talking about living this strong life. And the challenge for us is not that we're just a little weak. The challenge for us is not that we need a little bit more help. The challenge, according to this, is we are spiritually dead, separated, apart from God. We don't have any chance of living this life. But Jesus comes, and like a person who plunges into the water, he pulls us up to safety. We have been rescued. We have been saved. And that is the story that Jesus is telling at the well. And what he's saying is, as people drink this in, as they receive what I've come to offer, there is a spring of water that will well up in them that will overflow. And that is the life that we've all longed for. It's the life that we want. It's the strong life. And Jesus came to give that to us. And it is by grace that we receive that. It is by grace. We can't work for it. We can't do anything for it. It is by grace that we are saved. You know, it's funny. When we hear people use that word saved, a lot of times we cringe or we laugh at them. You ever heard anybody come and tell you, I got saved this weekend. I got saved. You know, we laugh and we, 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 we poke fun at people. But it's actually a very accurate description of the story that happens through Jesus. Jesus literally reaches in and he rescues us. He saves us. And, we're receive, and when we receive that, by putting our trust in him, nothing we have to do other than trust in that, then we are rescued. We are restored to a fullness of life that's greater than anything that we can imagine. See, it's by grace that we're saved, not by baptism. And I want to make that very clear today. For people who get in these waters, these waters don't save you. These waters don't rescue you. Jesus has rescued you, and you can simply receive that by faith. And so then the question is, why would you get baptized? Or who is baptism for let me tell you, baptism is not for people who are still honestly on a journey of seeking and understanding who God is and whether this is true and whether I can bank my life on this Jesus. Baptism isn't for you today, but can I tell you something? Crossroads is for you. We're excited around here about people who are wherever they are on that journey asking honest questions, and I hope that today is an encouragement to you. You know what? Baptism is also not for people who think they have to get in the water to earn God's approval because it is by grace that you're saved. So you don't have to get in these waters to earn God's approval. Baptism is not a bus ticket to heaven. And so you don't have to get in these waters because if I do, then I'm good. And if I don't, then maybe I'm not. It's one of the reasons why I would encourage parents. You know, I think when we do these baptisms, it's easy to think, well, I need to grab my kids out of kids' club because I want them to be covered. And I would encourage you, hey, this isn't about them being covered. Allow this to be an experience they do by their own act, as their own act of surrender. Because that's who baptism is for. We're going to talk more about that. We're going to take a look at a story of a woman who recently got baptized because I think her story really helps to understand who baptism really is for and what the journey to baptism is really all about. So we're going to take a look at her story, and as we do that, we're going to take up an offering. And if you're brand new here or just been checking us out, hey, just know this is the part of the service where some discs are going to come by and people give financially to fuel the life change we see in this place. But if you're new, you're our guest, and you can let that pass you right on by. And let's take a look at Lindsay's story together. I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home, and um, I came to know Jesus at a really young age, actually. And I, I lived my life doing all of the things that a good Christian should do. I was involved with youth group. I went to church. I did missions trips and Bible studies, and everything was um, everything was guided by image and what I should be doing. I feel like it was very debilitating because I was never enough, and I was never. Um, at a place where I felt fully free and I always felt like I was being judged and I think that's because I was judging everyone else. I've really started to look back on things that I've felt a tugging on my heart for and baptism was one that really 
just sort of grabbed me. I felt like I, back in college, I first sort of got the inclination that, you know, you should be baptized. And I, I've been leading Bible studies and I've been a Christian my whole life. And baptism as, adult, as an adult is for someone who just becomes a Christian or has this amazing transformation story. And I don't have that. And here I'd been, you know, going and working at Christian camps and watching these kids be baptized. And I felt like a fraud. I felt like, what would they think of me if I hadn't been? And I mean, at one point I even wanted to just be baptized and not really let anybody know that I was baptized. Um, I didn't want anyone there at the time, but then I could just tell people I'd been baptized. <laughs> I mean, I just kept shutting that voice up and it was years and it's been years since then that I've still, every time baptism comes up and um, I feel this, you know, kind of this pull on my heart and I know it must be the Holy Spirit because it's against everything that I have a natural inclination to do. I realized that everything about my life up to this point was putting me at the center and the pride was, I was the center of this story and what others thought of me was putting me at the center of the story as opposed to me being this part of God's huge story. And so, you know, who was I to, to stop myself from admitting that I am broken just like everyone else and I am in need of a savior just like everyone else. And um, baptism just seemed like the perfect way for me to finally really come out and say, I've been prideful and I've been judgmental for so long and I'm ready to just lay it all out there that I am only here and only um, doing anything by God's good grace. And, and so I made the decision to be baptized finally after years of feeling the urge to do so, but always suppressing it. And it was wonderful. It allowed me to start sharing my story and start telling other people that this is why I'm being baptized now. And um, I even had some, a couple people say, you've never been baptized? And that was my fear all along that people were gonna say that, but it actually ended up being really freeing. See, for Lindsay, baptism was a journey around surrender. And that's exactly who baptism is for. See, baptism isn't for perfect people. Baptism is for surrendered people. Baptism is the first act of surrender to the Savior who rescued you. It's the first act of surrender. I love how she said it was about her publicly declaring, I'm not at the center of the story of my life anymore, that Jesus is at the center of the story of my life. And that's who baptism is for. It's for people who are surrendered. It's the first act of surrender. You know, when I think about baptism, I always think about marriage. I think marriage is probably one of the best analogies we have for what it means to get in these waters today. And I can remember nine years ago when I was standing at the altar uh, the wedding ceremony was happening for me and my wife, and I was getting married. And there are unique things about that day that I remember. One of the things I remember is, for some reason, my feet felt like they were on fire. I mean, like, like literally, you talk about your feet to the fire. It felt like somebody had a blowtorch under my feet. And I didn't know what that was about, but I've since come to learn I'm not the only person who's experienced that. Maybe I needed to bend my knees. I think that might be part of it. But, but part of it was, there is something holy I'm doing in this moment. This is a big deal. Marriage is a surrender. It's a joyful surrender. I was laying down my rights, laying down my options, laying down the other relationships that could or would have been in my life for the purposes of surrendering to one person and saying, I am yours. And that's what marriage is about. And that's why you wear a wedding ring. You know, I like to say about baptism and the same thing I like to say about wedding rings when I perform weddings. Wedding rings are an outward sign of an inward commitment. Anybody can go and buy a wedding ring from the store and put it on your ring finger. That doesn't make you married. People who wear wedding rings are signifying something that's already happened. They're signifying something that already was produced in them in life. You know, I have my wedding ring and I love it because my wife 
did some special things with this ring. She, um, she engraved some things on it and surprised me with that on our wedding day. Um, she put on here something she said to me all the time and still does. Te amo con todo mi corazón. I love you with all my heart. And that just means a lot to us, and that's something she used to say to me, and that's on my ring, and it's right next to the date we got married, June 8th, 2002. So I think my wife did that for two reasons. I think she did that because <laughs> she does love me with all her heart. And also, I have absolutely no excuse to forget my wedding day because it is literally engraved on my finger. <laughs> literally engraved on my finger. And you know what? Baptism is the same thing. Today, for people who get in these waters, it is an engraving on your finger. It is a wedding ring. It is the day when you publicly declare, and it matters that it's public. It matters that you publicly declare, I am bound. I am under the authority of Jesus. Jesus rescued me, and he can literally have all of my life. And when you get in these waters today, that's what this is about. That's what this is about. And let me just tell you, don't tell Maria I told you this, but as I think about the surrender, that I, all that I gave up for her, don't, don't tell her this, but I'll tell you this. I made out great in that deal. <laughs> Can I just tell you? I love my wife. I am married to a wonderful woman, and it is a blessing. It was a joy. That was the best surrender I ever did. That was the best surrender I could have ever done. And for people who get baptized, you're publicly declaring, this is the best person I could ever surrender to. Jesus is the best person I could ever give my life to. Romans 6 puts it this way as it talks about baptism. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. Yes, it is dying to self. It is dying to your agenda. It is dying to the life that you think you need. And you do that in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. I love that phrase, newness of life. People are dying they're declaring they're dying, but what are they dying to? They're dying to a broken life. They're dying to life that doesn't work. They're dying to all the things that they've tried to quench their thirst with that has only left them thirsty, and they are rising to a newness of life. So today, as people come through these waters to get bound, to say that I am under the authority of Jesus, they recognize this is a sweet exchange. This is a sweet exchange. This is an amazing thing. It's the best surrender you could ever do. The band is going to play a song, and as they do, I want you to consider... No matter where you are, no matter how you came in, if you knew this was happening or didn't know this was happening, I want you to consider whether this is the day for you to get your wedding ring. Whether this is the day for you to publicly declare that you've received a beautiful exchange.